1: Grants. This is magnificent. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes
2: reality.
1: Now here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam.
0: What is up everybody? Welcome into Fantasy Baseball Today on Tuesday. It is officially Tuesday, May 4th. May the 4th be with you. Frank Stample joined by Scott White and the returning Chris Towers. Chris, what's up, man? You haven't been around for a while. How's life? How was the NFL draft? It was It was a lot,
2: you know. The NFL draft happened. I didn't really love it for fantasy. Like, especially, like, rounds two and three, where, like, the, like, interesting players go. A lot of them landed in pretty crappy spots. I don't really, like, I know people will, like, fall in love with some, like, random fourth-round wide receiver every year and be like, oh, that guy's in. It's like, it never happens, you know. Like, <laughs> So, it's like, Once the first two days are done, my my interest level really decreases. Um, But it's fun. You know, fantasy football today newsletter. uh, Been covering it all the way through. Going to have updated post-draft position rankings all week. So, you know, subscribe. CBSSports.com slash newsletters. And and I'm back now. And I have been watching baseball, uh, even though I wasn't talking about it the last few days.
0: Yeah, and even though there really was not much going on on Monday, but don't worry, we'll find a way to make the best of it. Tyler Anderson currently has a no-hitter in the sixth inning. Well, he just completed six innings against the San Diego Padres. We'll take a look at the top five at each position in fantasy baseball one month into the season. What is going on with Francisco Lindor? Anything that we can find there? We got some team name Tuesday. We got your questions. And of course, Vince Velasquez chatter for the eighth year in a row. But uh, let's jump right in. Some standouts from Monday.
2: Oh, my good, goodness gracious.
0: Scotty, what's going on, man? Why don't you get us uh, started? Me too. Yeah, but you I'm are me here. Too. That is a fact.
1: Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Kenta Maeda. Why not? There wasn't a lot going on today, but there was a lot of interest in this Kenta Maeda start, certainly from yours truly, because as has happened so often this year, when a Heretofore, good pitcher, has an extended run of badness to the point that you're thinking about benching him. It turns out he lines up for two starts, usually with very good matchups. And that was the case for Kinta Maeda this week, getting the Rangers for today's start and lining up against the Tigers later in the week. So in all but one league where I would... It's like a 10-team league where I'm especially deep in pitching... Uh, I, I went ahead and started Kenta Maeda and it it at least the first for the, at least the first half of the week here it's paid off because he had probably his best start of the season right eight uh, five and a third shutout innings two hits two walks eight strikeouts really the only thing you can complain about is the fact that he didn't make it six innings right he yeah. threw ninety four pitches so you know it it made sense to take him out when they did but. I don't know. <laughs> this A start like this makes it seem like he's probably okay. There weren't really clear underlying problems to begin with. So it's not like with Corey Kluber where I can point out, oh, he corrected this and this and this. Um, I I suspect most of Maeda's problems were just with locating his pitches and giving up a lot of long balls as a result. But that seemed like something that would correct in time. And hopefully this is the correction.
0: Yeah, this was far and away his best start of the season. It was his first start where he did not allow any runs. Five and a third shutout with eight strikeouts. Uh, he only allowed three hard hit balls. That's what really stood out to me. That was, That is something that he has prided himself on in as long as he's been in the majors, is limiting hard contact. And that's been a real issue for him this season. So to mix things up here and uh, keep the Rangers off balance enough to to just allow three hard hit balls, I was encouraged by that. The only other thing I noticed was he had two walks in this start. He's had multiple walks now in three starts this season. He only did that twice in 11 starts last season. So, seems to be something going on with his control, or perhaps it's just, you know, people are laying off of his, his, uh, breaking off speed pitches a little bit more this season. But the control and the hard hits have been the biggest problems for him. And, you know, two walks in a five and a third, it's, it's fine. But, um, yeah, the limiting hard contact was what I really wanted to see here. Chris, anything you want to add on Maeda? If not, you can yeah. just go on to yours.
2: I, I think the key thing actually so far has just been that his splitter hasn't really been getting whiffs. I, I think there are two things. Yeah. One slider has just been getting hit really hard. I'm not that worried about that. The splitter hasn't been getting swings and misses. Um, you know, His extension on all of his pitches has been lower than it was or shorter than it was last year. Uh, last year's extension on all of his pitches was at least six feet. This year, none of them are over five foot nine. So, uh, you know, he's releasing the ball a little bit further from home plate. You know, maybe that's giving hitters an ex- a little bit of extra time to react. But
1: that also so just he's, seems he's, like so he's releasing of a maca- the ball earlier. You're saying like, he's yeah. Not, hmm.
2: Yeah, slightly like three inches. But, you know, that's where did you find that? <laughs> that's
1: interesting.
2: That's on uh, <laughs> baseball savant player pages. If you go okay. down to the uh, pitch tracking. And like I don't, I don't know if that matters. I, his, you know, his splitter hasn't been as good, but none of his pitches have really been as good so far. But this is a good start. I'm not really worried about him. I was maybe a little bit lower on him coming in than Scott, but I still had him as like a top 16 or 18 pitcher. So I, I haven't moved him down. I've moved guys ahead of him, but I haven't moved him down.
0: My is probably not going to live up to his price tag or where we had him ranked as a top. 12, 15-ish starting pitcher, there's still a lot to go, so maybe he does turn it around and makes me eat my words, but you know, if he just gets back to the pitcher that he was before last year, he's going to be a top 25-ish starting pitcher, which will not sink you. Chris, oh my goodness gracious, from Monday.
2: Yeah, really not a lot of options today, so I'll just go with Shohei Otani, who just continues to be I don't know, one of the Ten best player hitters in fantasy, probably. I mean, he's got was it nine home runs, six stolen bases now? Yeah. He's uh continuing to just crush the ball. He's really, really good. And the only concern, yeah, he has a double and a home run today. The double was, you know, shouldn't have been a double, a little home cooking from the from the scorer there. If it hits the guy's glove and bounces off, that's an error. That play should have been made. But still, he hit a ball really hard that the fielder couldn't get to. Um, he's really, really good, and I think at this point, you know if you have to choose to start Otani, I can't really see a situation where I would start him as a starting pitcher right now, maybe if he has a two start week, but that's really rare. Uh, I think he's just must start as a as a hitter,
0: yeah. I don't. I can't imagine a scenario where you would. I don't even in a two-star week. I have him in a few leagues, and I wasn't really even considering you know, coming into Monday. He he was lined up for two starts, but he was scratched on the pitching end because he had a bruised elbow. He got hit by a pitch over the weekend, but yeah. I mean, he's averaging four fantasy points per game, which is twelfth among all hitters in baseball. It's be just behind names like Jose Ramirez, Vladimir Guerrero, Fernando Tatis, Chris Bryant, Nick Castellanos. So. Man, Otani is. I wish that they would. I understand this, the the this spectacle of of a pitcher hitter combination, but I kind of just wish that they would just let him play. 150. know, I, I've seen as people say
1: that. I, I don't agree with that. I, I think he's only been out of the lineup one game all this year. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, uh, the, one of the three starts he's made, he he didn't get to bat, but the other two he did, and he hasn't taken a day off. And I I think I have that right. Uh, so. You know, that I wonder if he can sustain that pace for six months. I kind of doubt it. But right now, there's really not much downside to him pitching in addition to the hitting.
0: I want to talk about Francisco Lindor. He's my oh my goodness gracious player from Monday. And for no good reason, he is currently in an 0 for 21 funk. He's now batting 163. He has one home run, he's got a 486 OPS. The underlying numbers, uh, the expected numbers, 238 XBA, that's 32nd percentile in baseball. 359 expected slug, that's 19th percentile in baseball. It just seems weird. I guess there's an adjustment period, potentially, for someone coming over to a new team, a new league. It's first time in the National League.
2: League. New Uh, league especially. That That is definitely a documented thing.
0: And the Mets have had a really weird start to the season with all their postponements. We're getting past that, so I don't know that we can still use that as an excuse, maybe a little bit earlier on, but um, do you guys see anything that actually has you concerned that Francisco Lindor is not going to break out of this? Coming into this season, he had a two hundred eighty five career batting average with an eight thirty three OPS. That's 777 career games. I, I don't really see anything, but... We keep getting a lot of questions about Lindor. People are, people are worried.
1: Yeah, I mean, I understand their high draft pick has basically done nothing for them, and that doesn't feel good. I would, I would say my concern level is it would be precisely zero if he didn't kind of underwhelm last year, too. As it is, it might be a one. You know, like the strikeout rate, you mentioned he struck out two more times. He's, he hasn't struck out much this year at all. He's definitely yeah. putting the bat on the ball. He's hitting it in the ground too much. Uh, that's something I see. And the, the hard hit rate's actually pretty normal. The average exit velocity down a little. But, I, I mean, I, nothing, nothing seems like obviously broken here. Nothing that he can't turn around very quickly. We've seen... Uh, Just over the weekend, we saw Conforto and and McNeil kind of snap out of their slumps. And I imagine Lindor, that's going to happen for him here right around the corner.
0: So let's do a little buy low, sell high. If you can acquire Francisco Lindor, would you trade any of these gentlemen? Would you give up Carlos Ordone for Lindor straight up? Yeah. Yep. How about Julio Arias? Yep. Yes. Kevin Gosman? Yes. Let's look at some hits. You're going to have to jump
2: a tier or two.
0: <laughs> I was just looking at some overperforming starting pitchers that were honestly ranked in, I think it was the top 10 or 15. Um, mm-hmm. So that, I felt like it made sense for those. Byron Buxton. <sighs> yeah, I think you'd probably have to. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's, uh, it's, it's just risky though, because if this is the Buxton breakout, I mean, we, we could be talking about drafting Buxton in, I don't know, second round next year. No, nah, he can't stay healthy.
2: There's no way. Yeah, that's actually... I, I agree Byron with you, Boston
1: could be anything. He could even be Francisco Lindor.
2: You're right. Yeah. How about Shohei? No, I, think that's, yeah. I, like, I, I think you'd have to do it. I wouldn't feel great about it, but you'd have to do it. How about Shohei Ohtani? Would you do that? Yeah, you'd have to do it. Before we get to news and notes, I did want to get
0: your thoughts on Daniel Lynch's debut. We were pretty excited about him getting the call for Monday. A One of the top pitching prospects for the Kansas City Royals. He was going up against Cleveland. Four and two-thirds, three earned, four walks, three strikeouts. All kind of meh. Did you guys see anything on Daniel Lynch?
2: Slider looked really good. There were a couple of really ugly swings on that. That was his really only swing and miss pitch. He got six whiffs on the day with the slider, only one with his other three pitches, and he was mostly fastball slider. But, you know, I, I think he looked good. Like, he averaged 95 miles per hour with his fastball. That's really good for a lefty. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we'll see. you first start, you can sometimes
1: uh, get a little spike, and I'm not sure if he sustained it through the start. But all in all, I, I thought he looked pretty good. The The scouting report actually said he could touch. He was he was hitting 99 at times last year, so I was kind mm-hmm. of a little disappointed that he only topped out at 97. Well, that seems uh-huh. unfair, Scott.
0: Not everybody can be Shane McClanahan. Come on.
1: That's true. Um, I I also was surprised at how heavily he just went with the fastball and the slider because I I thought one of his strengths too, judging from the scouting reports, was that he had really full arsenal. So of his seventy four pitches, sixty three of them were either the fastball or the slider. I mean, it's not uncommon for a pitcher just beginning his to career to lean heavily on two pitches. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, if I if I Won the sweepstakes last night for Daniel Lynch. I'm not ready to drop him after this start, but yeah. I, I had hoped to see a little better. Should he be? He does he does look like John Krasinski in the office? So he it's does. worth keeping yeah. that in mind. <laughs> I, I tweeted that out. It's it's kind of uncanny. I, I first noticed it when I was uh, clipping a photo for him in last night's waiver or this morning's waiver wire column. But then, like, somebody tweeted a screenshot of him and it was just so...
2: Yeah, I, I think, like, the center fielder made a really good catch and he uh, the, the screenshot of him reacting to it was very much Jim.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, right down, like, the hair, the way the, way the ears are positioned <laughs> on the head. Like, it's just, it's, it's weird. The, the, the creases on his face when he smirks, it's really, it's like, it's, it's bizarre. The camera's
2: going to cut him and he's just going to be making, like, this face... <laughs> <laughs> right
0: after he pranks Dwight. Um, does Daniel Lynch need to be rostered in more than 43%
1: of CBS leagues? More than how what percent? 43%. 43? Yeah. I would say more like 63. I would say that's like every Roto or
2: yeah, probably most Roto leagues, every IL only league and then like I don't know, half points leagues.
0: Hey. Eh. So let's get that number up, says Scott. 63% for Daniel Lynch. we got to tell you about the all-new Stitcher podcast app. It's been rebuilt from the ground up to make it easier to listen to podcasts on the go or on the revamped web player. Stitcher is home to all your favorite podcasts from classics like My Favorite Murder, This American Life, and How Did This Get Made, all the CBS shows such as Pick 6, Fantasy Football Today, and of course, Fantasy Baseball Today and FBT in 5. In Stitcher, you have more control like setting your download preferences per show and the ability to listen at virtually any speed. With Stitcher, you can listen to your podcast anytime, anywhere. So give the all-new Stitcher a try. Download it in the App Store or at stitcherapp.com slash download. Let's get to these injuries because... Uh, we didn't get new injuries. We just got updates, which were very ominous updates. So the news and notes from Monday. Dustin May set to undergo Tommy John surgery next week, which means we will likely not see him again until the second half of 2022, maybe even later than that. Tony Gonsolin, we mentioned yesterday, is being built up as a starter, but is still three to four weeks away. He is 36% rostered. So, Chris, you were the Dustin May guy. I'm sorry. Do you think that we should get Tony Gonsolin on more than 36% of CBS teams right now?
2: Yeah. I mean, he's, he threw one twenty pitch bullpen session. He'll probably throw, I think the, the next one's going to be like 35 pitches from what they've said. Uh, that tells me he's still probably at least two weeks away from actually getting into a major league game, if not longer.
1: Yeah. I think um, three to four weeks is the timetable that came out over the weekend.
2: I think it depends on your league. I had to drop Tony Gonsolin in my uh, my main Roto league because we've only got three IL spots, and I've got seven players on IL. It was eight before I dropped Gonsolin, and at some point, I had to. I just had to make a call. Yeah, I didn't I'm sure most about
1: it. I'm sure most leagues have fewer than five IL spots. But yeah, yep. I, I would say like now the the difference between now and before. Was we don't know what Tony Gonsolin was building up to do. Yeah, yeah, we knew he was. They were building him up to start, but would there be an opening for him? Now there's definitely an opening for him. The Dodgers of all teams are short on starting pitchers. Um, they're talking about maybe going with Trevor Bauer every fourth day until until Gonsolin comes back. I guess so. I, I think it's. I, I think it's more urgent to pick up Gonsolin now than it was before, definitely. And there's a chance he's a must-start pitcher when he comes back. Yeah, I mean, that was... That was my assumption. Where
0: would you guys rank Tony Gonsolin among Framber Valdez and Mike Soroka, who were the other IL stashes that we could
1: see, I don't know, maybe within the next month or so? I think I'd put him ahead at this point. I think so. Prior to the May news, I would have had him... At the back of them, but now I think he's ahead. And I I think he might just be better than those guys. He might be. Certainly inning for inning. Yeah. I mean...
0: The jury's still out on Valdez. I mean, we don't have to tell you how good he is. Scott knows how good he was last year. He was a borderline oh. top 30 ranked starting pitcher before he got hurt, Framber Valdez. So, we like him, mm-hmm. but Tony Gonsolin's... Really, really good as well. So, uh, if you can afford to stash him, it's very hard right now with all these injuries going on, but it's something you should be should look into doing. And if Trevor Bauer does start every whatever, fourth day on, on short rest, I mean, the guy's just going to have a bunch of two star weeks over the next couple of weeks. If they actually do that, it would be pretty big for his fantasy value as yeah. well.
2: I and mean, other- it could make him by far the best player in points leagues. Yep. Like if he could sustain pitching even at a slightly lower level than he currently does, but pitch legitimately pitch every fourth day, he would be the best player in head-to-head points league, and there wouldn't be a close second. The other big
0: news from Monday, Luis Robert out three to four months with a grade three strain of his right hip flexor. Do we, I mean, can we drop Luis Robert? This is good uh, news for Andrew Vaughn, right? We assume he could get more playing time as a result yeah, of this. Yeah, well,
1: I, that, that's the hope. I would think that Tony La Russa would say gee I need more offense in my lineup. Now obviously Vaughn can't play center field like Robert was doing. Uh but some of the guys who had been playing over Vaughn a third of the time can. So I I hope so. I hope this is I hope this is a stock up for Vaughn situation. But of course um just really really bad news for for Robert and for the White Sox, who already lost Aloy Jimenez to a multi month injury, I, I suspect Jimenez is going to be back first between the two of them. And uh, he's only like 56% rostered in CBS leagues himself. So if you don't have a free IL spot, like he's being shut down, uh, Robert is from baseball activities, I think, it's for 12 to 16 weeks. And that's being shut down from baseball activities, that doesn't mean he's going to be back in 16 weeks. So that's like, unless you just have an unused IL spot or it's a, such a deep league that anybody you'd pick up is really not anything to get excited about. Then uh, I I don't see much reason to hold on to Robert dynasty, obviously very different story.
2: I, I will point out, you know, we have all our discussions about like injury prone and injury risks and all this stuff. Luis Robert had only really stayed healthy for one full season in his career, and it was last season. You know, even his breakout 2019, he only played 122 games between three levels. Uh, before, like he had, he had struggled to stay healthy in the minors, and it was just, you know, this is in his history, and so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, whether that gets taken into account when people start thinking about him next year.
0: And there was some speculation, Chris, that Robert was playing through injury last year in September, which contributed to him playing terribly during that time. So that could have been an issue for him as well. Uh, We spoke about a few of these names on yesterday's podcast as outfield waiver wire ads. Uh, Chris, I'll go back to you on this one. If you just need a replacement for Luis Robert, obviously there's no replacing him. But between Tyler O'Neill, Willie Calhoun, Andrew Benintendi... Austin, Hayes. I'll even throw Lorenzo Cain in that mix who returned on Monday. He went one for three with a home run.
2: O'Neal, Calhoun,
0: Benintendi, Hayes, Cain. Who's your favorite of that group?
2: Uh, First of all, I wish any of these guys were available in any of my leagues (laughs) because I need outfield help in nearly all of my leagues and the guys who are out there stink. (laughs) Um, You know, all these names, Chris, are rostered in 50% or less of CBS leagues. So they're out there somewhere. I play in... 50% 50% or less of CBS <laughs> Sports Leagues, and they're rostered in all of them. I think my favorite here is probably, I think it's O'Neal. There are, there are risk factors with all of them. I think O'Neal and Benintendi would probably be at the top for me in a roto league because they bring the potential for stolen bases. Um, but, you know, I, I think any of them could flame out. So, you know, it's, it's certainly a low probability proposition on all of them.
1: I was noticing O'Neill is ninety eighth percentile speed at least this year. Yeah. he's never been much of a base dealer. He's stolen two bases so he far. He was
2: this year. in the minors. He is just uh, a freak athlete. Yeah, I mean he's yeah. been like ninety fifth percent on sprint speed, pretty much as Hulk ninety eighth or better, ninety seventh or better every season.
1: And he's striking. He's striking out almost thirty five percent of the time. Yet <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. he's been which might be an improvement. Balls. He's been drilling the ball so, like, his, his XBA is 294 in spite of that. His X slug is 652. Yeah. I know that's gone up a lot just over the past week. Both of those, he must be on some kind of tear right now in terms mm-hmm. of the kind of contact he's making. I'm skeptical anytime the strikeout rate gets over 30%, but, uh, but that's interesting. It's interesting. Personally, my favorite of those is Willie Calhoun, but he's not going to bring the speed element, obviously. Yeah, and a point, points, like, he's he's probably the best option.
0: I mentioned Lorenzo Cain returned on Monday, as did Christian Yelich. They were both back in the Brewers lineup. Tyrone Taylor and Keston Hiura were both optioned back to the minors. Keston Hira is still 74% rostered. Chris, is this the end of the road? Do you drop Keston Hiura?
2: No. Uh, maybe.
0: Maybe. If, love you said it so confidently and then you're like "No, nah, maybe Matt,
2: end of the road for him as a fantasy. Relative. No, 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 no. I do not think that it's the end um, of
0: the road for the next at least two weeks. Let's call it.
2: Yeah, I, I would be shocked if we saw him within the next couple of weeks. I would guess the timing of this makes perfect sense. Minor league rosters were announced. I think pretty much across the board today. Uh, the season starts two days from now three days from now. It actually starts seventh. Uh, I think today. Happy oh, minor league opening day, yes. There you go. So I I don't think it's a coincidence that he was sent down today. I think they want to see him get games, get his confidence back, re, probably rework his swing. But I would guess we see him set the over-under May 30th. Or are there 31 days in May if there are 31st? <laughs> There's 31 um, days in May. Yeah, May 31st then. May 30.5, <laughs> noon on May 31st. Um, And I probably take the over. I would think it's not until June that we see him, but look, you probably can't afford to stash him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, given the
2: way the injury landscape is right now. But if you somehow, if you are the one person who has the flexibility to stash a minor leaguer, uh, I, I would still hang on to him if I can.
1: Th- this is how I'd characterize it. Like Keston Hura, just treat him like a yet to be called up prospect. So, you know, if you're in a league where Jeter Downs is being stashed, you know, obviously not Kalnick or Wander Franco because they're yeah. a different level. But if you're if you're in a league where prospects beyond them are getting stashed, then I, I think Keston here is still worth stashing. I think this is the optimal time to buy him in a dynasty league because yeah. even though that's how I think you should treat him in terms of rosterability and redraft, I know players... Prospects who get called up and then don't perform up to expectations—they, it, it's like driving a car off the lot. You know, they they immediately lose value unless they deliver on their upside right away. And Kesten Hira yeah. has done far from that, but still very young, still a lot of potential. And um, I I think I think it's a good good chance to buy in dynasty. Good chance to buy
0: in categories leagues too and deeper ones. I'm going to be paying close attention to see if he gets dropped in any of those. And if he does, then I would be looking to acquire Keston Hira and stash him in the meantime. Hyunjin Ryu is on track to start this Thursday against the Oakland A's George Springer's absence from Monday's lineup was a scheduled rest day. Apparently he's expected back on Tuesday. Alejandro Kirk will miss six weeks with his left hip flexor strain Adalberto Mondesi could begin a rehab assignment next week. We'll probably see him at some point this month. It's been a while, so we would like to see Mondesi back. Bryce Harper was out of the lineup after re-aggravating his wrist injury on Sunday. Joe Girardi said he doesn't expect a trip to the IL, but that Harper could miss a few days. Luis Arise was removed from Monday's game against the Rangers due to concussion symptoms. Tommy Listella likely needs an IL stint due to a hamstring strain. J.D. Davis was placed on the IL with a sprained left hand. Christian Walker and Tim LaCastro have been reinstated for the D-backs. Nick Heath and Andrew Young were optioned to triple-A Reno. Christian Walker is only 43% rostered. And I would say in categories leagues with corner infielders, I... I would look to get Christian Walker if you do need some pop on your team. Gene Segura will embark on a rehab assignment this week. And I wrote in here, Shohei Otani was scratched from his scheduled pitching start on Monday. But he was in the lineup, as we know now. And he is awesome. He hit a home run off of Tyler Glassdown. We are going to take a quick break. But when we return, we're going to look at the top five at each position. We are one month into the season. What is going on? We'll talk about it next. Fantasy Baseball Today. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com, we've done your homework. Let's start things off with the catcher position top five, and this is according to points leagues right now, CBS scoring format, and if there's any crazy difference between Roto and head-to-head points, then I will point that out. You'll see why when we get to uh, shortstop with Javier Baez. But let's start with the catcher position, your number one catcher. On May 4th is Carson Kelly, who is batting 339 with six home runs and an 11.84 OPS, rounding out the top five. Wilson Contreras, Salvador Perez, Will Smith from the Dodgers. Actually kind of surprising to me. Uh, Buster Posey looks like he's fully back. And just outside of the top five is JT Real Muto, but he hit a home run on Monday, which likely pushed him inside of the top five. Uh, is there anything you guys would like to say about this list? Carson Kelly, is it finally happening? Are you are you legitimately buying this Carson Kelly breakout?
1: Well, one of the things that stands out to me is fifteen walks compared to ten strikeouts. And when we saw him going well two years ago, the plate discipline was good. It wasn't that good, but it was good.
2: That was yeah, always I part mean, of his tools, kid, as a minor leaguer. You know, he was routinely doing like forty strikeouts to forty walks in like a three hundred plate appearance minor league season. And uh, the big I, question is can he keep hitting righties?
1: Yeah, because that was a big problem for him two years ago. And his I mean, numbers against lefties, lefties are st- messed up.
2: His numbers against lefties are stupid. Yeah. He has 25 plate appearances, three home runs, seven walks, zero strikeouts. That's just dumb. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and it's the kind of thing where if he can be I mean, gosh, he's got a 1009 OPS right now, 1,009 OPS right now. Oh, actually, no. Am I remembering this wrong? He's always hit lefties well, right? Last year was the yeah. out... Yeah, he's yeah. always hit lefties really well. But it's the kind of thing where even if he's a 750 OPS bat against righties, he's going to play more. Uh, and he's, his overall numbers are going to be pretty good because he does crush lefties. So, you know, it's... I don't think he's the number one catcher moving forward, but I think he's probably got to be a top 12 catcher in
1: all formats. Well, just I, I, moved, I moved him up to fifth in my latest rankings audit because... I mean, other than the Real Muto, Perez, yeah. Wilson Contreras, like the real standouts at the position. Like, there's just so much malleability at that position that I mean, whoever's going well, if unless there's, unless it's clear that it is a mirage, and in, in Carson Kelly's case, it's not. I mean, the expected numbers all look great. You know, I love the plate discipline. Um, I don't see. I don't see any reason not to buy into it at that position. You think like, there's no have... downside to buying into it unless you, you know, I'm not saying you unload half your roster for uh, Kelly no. like he's JT Real Muto in a trade, but just in terms of rostering him and playing yeah. him and enjoying him, I'm fine. With I, that. I would probably not trade for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, would but... you,
2: do you have him ahead of Yasmani Grandal?
1: I do. Yeah. In um, points? In points, I mean, I was down on Grandal coming into the season, and he certainly hasn't done anything to relieve my concerns.
2: Yeah, I just moved him up to eighth, just behind Christian Vasquez and Buster
0: Posey. Would you, speaking of Grandal, would you try to buy low on him? He's batting 127 with a 606 OPS. The underlying numbers look pretty good, though, and he's got that strikeout rate down. That was the biggest issue for Grandal last year. Would you buy
2: yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to give up much for him, but I, I think he's still a top you know, 10 catcher, and he I, I haven't really moved him outside of my top five yet. So I think I would.
0: At the first base position, the top five that we have here, Vladimir Guerrero, Carlos Santana, Ryan McMahon. You're going to hear a lot of Ryan McMahon today. Jesus Aguilar and Jared Walsh. Is Jared Walsh legit? We had this... Small sample size last year, where he was making a lot of contact. He's hitting all these home runs, and he's kind of just done the same thing so far this year. So, he has outfield and first base eligibility. Top five first baseman, Jared Walsh.
1: Yeah, you know we we actually got uh, we do we do we do a like a survey every week between the three of us where we're presented with five questions that we answer, and one of them this week was it was like a buy or sell about hitters and do you buy Walsh as a top 10 first baseman? I originally was thinking, no, I sell that because, you know, it's a tough threshold to meet. There are a lot of underachievers early on, blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy it. Cause I think there's enough of a chance. I think, I think he's shown at this point in the season, combined with what he did last September, that he's, He's just become much more of a contact hitter than he was in the minors. His strikeout rate isn't quite as low as it was last September, but it's it's right around 20%. I mean, it's good. And the power was not really a concern. The splits against lefties, he's doing well. I I think I think he's I think he's I think he's pretty legit. I think he's pretty legit and I don't know if he's going to remain ahead of all of Anthony Rizzo, Paul Goldschmidt, uh, Eric Hosmer, that whole class of first basemen, but those guys don't really feel like sure things right now themselves. So, yeah, I, I think I think Walsh is about on their level at least.
0: Let's take a look at second base. The top five: Whit Field, Chris Taylor, Ryan McMahon, Eduardo Escobar, and Nick Solak. This is uh, not really the best position here. Um, <laughs> I don't. What do we? Whit awesome. He and he had another home run on Monday. Uh, Chris Taylor is one that is kind of surprising. We talked about him a little bit last week, Chris, and we we haven't talked about him much, but he just continues to get it done. It's, it's a combination of him playing well and the rest of the second base position, not playing well.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that like, I'm actually shocked to see that when Merrifield's like got guys in his company right now, because I would have assumed he was far and away the best second baseman. And maybe for Roto leagues, he probably is because of the eight stolen bases. Um, but yeah, it's been a, a really rough start for the position. DJ LeMayhew, it looks like he's about 23rd at the position. Obviously, Catal Marte was on an incredible pace to start the season, but we haven't seen him in a while. Um Ozzie Albi's been fine. He's like 10, um, or six, actually. So yeah, it's just it's not a good position. I there are some guys up there who like I'd still rather have Max Muncy than any of those guys except Whit Merrifield. I'd still rather have Jeff McNeil over most of them, I think. Um, but yeah, it's not a good position. It's it's really bad.
0: Yeah, Ozzie Albies is coming around too. 10 for 26 over his last six games with five, dub, five doubles and two home runs. He's batting 229 with a 309 XBA. So better days coming for Ozzie Albies. Uh,
1: I would say Chris Taylor is the one that I would definitely not have up here. I, I mean, I think Eduardo Escobar, too. I think Eduardo Escobar just had a had kind of a, a home run surge here at the start of the season that put him up this high. And, well, it's not like he won't hit any more home runs. Obviously, he'll hit some. It won't be close to this pace. But Taylor, I mean, he's not even an everyday player. So it's... Yeah. Uh, the, he has He's 20 only taken runs. like... I don't think he's only been out of the lineup like three or four times this season. I mean, there have been injuries that have contributed to him getting a little more... But he was time. an everyday player last year, too. Um, I think he might
2: just be an everyday player. He became somewhere. an
1: everyday player last year. Yeah, I, I don't... He's not quite an everyday player. No, he's not quite an everyday player. And I think what everybody's healthy, when you get Bellinger back, it's going to be harder to get him in the lineup, especially with Pollock performing well. I mean, I guess Lux could get kicked out for Taylor. But uh, there's not really an opening for him otherwise once everybody's healthy. So yeah, I would not count on him being an everyday player.
0: Chris yeah. Taylor has started seven of the last eight games for the Dodgers, but I do agree that once everyone's healthy, yeah, he could lose playing time. So if you just want to sell him, sell high on him now based on that possibility, yeah. I, I think that is... A- the nice
2: thing when you can play literally
1: everywhere is there's always going to be someone hurt. Fair
0: He's enough.
1: He's always going to play some. I agree. But... I don't, think, I don't think the goal is to have him in the lineup because unless it's a second base, like I said. I mean, Gavin Lux has been pretty awful since that first week, so maybe he won't hold up. Yeah. At
0: third base, numero uno, you know who it is, Chris Bryant. Number two, Jose Ramirez, then Justin Turner, Rafael Devers, and you guessed it, Ryan McMahon, your top five at the position right now. Uh, Manny Machado not seen here, but if if you can get him on the cheap, I would. He's betting, two thirty. Yeah. He's still making things happen. He has four homers, five steals, um, but a two eighty expected batting average, five twelve expected slugging percentage. So, yeah, I do think better days are coming for Machado. Anything you guys would like to add? Chris Bryant's amazing. Said that yesterday.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the he was good when the batted ball numbers weren't that great in the past, and now the batted ball numbers are really good. <laughs> and the only question, I guess, is where is he going to get traded when that happens? I would like it to be just across town. I think that would be a really great fit for everyone involved. Um, they can't do that, right? Would they? I don't know. I'm sure they've made a trade before. Yeah, they've but before this is
0: a pretty now. high profile. Former league MVP, helped you guys win a World Series. There's history there.
2: Yeah, I... Um, I recently moved Brian up to eighth, and I can't move him any higher. I think I guess one thing I could do was would be to move DJ LeMahieu below him, um, but I think LeMahieu's going to come around. So I don't know. Like I don't want to move him ahead of Nolan Arenado yet. Definitely not ahead of Bregman. So I, I think he's kind of stuck
1: there. Yeah, I, 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 I think. I think it's borderline Bryant and Bre- and Bryant and Arenado right now. I agree. I think it's close. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I still don't think we're going to see. I mean, it's probably no surprise. I I don't think we're going to see Coors Arenado no. and St. Louis. I mean, my worst fears have been uh, relieved here. He looks kind of like what I expected him to look like. Yeah, but I, you know, will he even hit two eighty?
0: If you look at Nolan Arenado's Fangraphs page, everything looks normal for him. And then when you get to Babbitt, and I just found it so funny because I'm just like, that's so stereotypical, right? Like you take the guy out of cores and his Babbitt just kind of plummets. Yeah. Whatever it is, it was oh, like just,
2: DJ LeMahieu.
0: It was like 30 or 40 points. But I was like, yeah, it it makes sense. This is exactly what we say about Colorado hitters. So, um, so
1: two things I want to point out here at the third base position. Justin Turner being third so far in total points. He's sad as often as we're used to seeing him sit. Yeah. And that's going to go on all season. So I I think he's I think he's clearly a sell high guy. Yes. And we haven't actually talked about Ryan McMahon, have we? Um <laughs> no, I guess not. <laughs> so I'm, I don't know that I'm buying him the top five player at all these positions in points leagues because I don't think the play discipline is good enough to keep him up there all season long. But just the idea that he's broken through, I'm pretty much on board with that. I, the things that were keeping him from meeting his potential were strikeout rate was bloated, so he wasn't making enough contact, and too much of the contact he made was on the ground. And average launch angle is twice as high as it's ever been. I mean that that goes a long way to helping him take advantage of course field. If he can sustain it, obviously. That's a big if. But it's yeah, it doesn't look like there are signs of underlying change here as opposed to just he got hot. So I'm 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 pretty good with McMahon at this point.
0: Let's take a look at what are we up to? Shortstop. Chris Taylor is number one.
2: Seriously? Is that is that real? Chris Taylor's number one. Trevor Story is number two. So- I mean, It is worth saying, like we're skeptical of Chris Taylor. He is playing every day,
1: and he's been awesome. He's been really, really good so far. He was really, really good last year too. Yeah. The number that stands out though is twenty-four runs scored. I, I, it's that lead the majors because right. But he's got a
2: four thirteen bat on on base percentage,
1: and he's playing for the Dodgers. Like he's not going to. He's obviously not going to have a four thirteen on base percentage though. No, no, no. That's
2: all. That he is playing extremely well right now. Okay. Like yes it is surprising. Yes, I think he's playing over his head, but like he's not like a statistical anomaly. You know, he's actually just playing really well. He's earning these numbers. The the expected stats actually mostly back it up. Um he just won't keep playing this well.
1: So 24 runs not quite major league lead. Ronald Acuña and Mark Canna both have
2: more. Ronald Acuna is the number one hitter in in points leagues by like 20 points right now or something.
0: Yeah, and he missed half a week last week (laughs) as well. Uh, Rounding out the top five, we have Chris Taylor, Trevor Story, Xander Bogarts, Corey Seager, and Bo Bichette. Fun fact that Fernando Tatis is still first in fantasy points per game. He's averaging 4.2, but he missed, you know, whatever... Ten days. It was exactly ten days. I ate my hat because of it. And Javier Baez is ninth in points, but first in roto among shortstops because he has seven home runs and six steals in twenty-four games.
1: So, but way too many strikeouts. Way thirty-nine too many. strikeouts to one walk. <laughs> it's
2: and it, you know insane. it should be pointed out. Trey Turner's hitting three ten and he's on like a thirty-five homer, forty steal pace. Yeah. Um. He's he's been awesome too. Shortstop. Shortstop's you know, good. For the most part, it's lived up to expectations. We actually skipped over one name there.
0: Unless your name on, is Francisco Lindor, of course.
2: Yeah, we skipped over one name on both third base and shortstop. Who's that? Uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. He's yeah. having an awesome start to the season. I don't know if he can keep it up, but you know, I remember last spring, Scott was starting to get a little bit excited because he was talking about trying to hit him for more power, and then it just kind of never showed up in games, but now he's got five homers, five steals, hitting two seventy seven, yeah. playing every single day.
1: I, I pointed it out yesterday. That's that's about a 30-30 base that he's yeah, on. Yeah,
2: I mean, he might be, like, the number two catcher in Yahoo Leagues moving forward.
1: Oh, because he's still eligible. <laughs> yeah, he's still yeah. eligible yeah. catcher. What, he, what a cheat code. People get, and he
2: Like, he deserves to probably be in, like, the top 20 at shortstop and third base, I, might, I just moved him up to 21st. Um I might have him there.
0: I, I liked if, him a lot coming into the I have him in a bunch of he categories. Makes leagues. a ton of contact.
1: got speed. If, if you set the over-under for home runs total, not rest of way, but total. Because yeah. we're saying he's on a 30 30 pace. If you set the over under for his season total at home runs at twenty, under. I would still take the under. Yeah,
2: I was I was he, thinking you were gonna set it at fifteen. And I would uh, I would that would be tougher.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm thinking he hits about ten more home runs the rest of the way. So yeah, kind of right at fifteen. Uh, his ground ball rate is almost sixty percent, and it was actually a little higher last year. Actually, that's really high. That's like yeah. going to be maybe tops in, in baseball high. And it's obviously hard to hit home runs if you're putting it on the ground that often. Uh, so I would take the under on that, but you know, if he is, if he does just hit ten home runs the rest of the way, and he steals twenty to twenty five bases the rest of the way, because as much as the Rangers run, I think he could, I think there's a chance he sustains the steals pace, and that's obviously going to be a pretty valuable player. Mm-hmm.
0: Let's quickly hit the rest of these positions. We do have a few other things that I wanted to get to uh, in the outfield. Ronald Acuna is first. JD Martinez number two. Number two. Chris Bryant is third. Nick Castellanos is fourth, and Mike Trout is fifth. Uh, Worth mentioning, Byron Buxton's 4.9 fantasy points per game are second to only Ronald Acuna, but he has missed a few games here or there. Uh, Mike Trout does not have a single stolen base attempt on the season, though he is 97th percentile in sprint speed.
2: I mean, yeah, you look at number six, Byron Buxton's got four. He's four for four now. He's actually the all-time leader in stolen base success rate after tonight's stolen base. I mean... Trout could easily steal 25 bases if he wanted to right now. And Buxton could probably easily steal 40. And it's just a a question of desire for those guys. I'm glad to see Byron Buxton's back on a 20-steal pace. And I think he can get there. Trout, I just I have no idea. You know, he's been on base like 50 times already. And he has no stolen base attempts. So, I don't know. I, I would ex- still expect he ends up with like 7 or 8. But I don't know if that's part of his game anymore. He's only the best hitter in baseball now.
1: So you mentioned Buxton is sixth, right? Just off this list. Mm-hmm. After Buxton is Merrifield, who we talked about earlier. After Merrifield, checking in at eighth among outfielders, is a guy I mentioned a second ago, Mark Canna, who is reaching base at like a 390 clip. I mentioned yeah. the 26 runs. He's stolen five bases too. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Uh, he showed good power two years ago, which is why I was so high on him heading into last year. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that's back. He's slugging 417, has four home runs. He's just been an on-base machine, which we, he's shown signs of being in the past, and and for some reason he's running more.
2: I don't well, he's know. He's actually, I, I never knew he was this fast, but he's been like 70th percentile in sprint speed for most of his career, or right around there. He's 76th right now. I had no idea Marcana had wheels.
1: I think he's going to remain like top thirty in points leagues just because he's so good at getting on base.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know for because I don't expect the batting average to be especially high. I I don't like he'll have to keep running like this to be top thirty in roto. And I'm oh, yeah. I'd bet against that. But he's he's certainly uh he's certainly made up for he's certainly making up for last year's failure.
0: At starting pitcher, in terms of fantasy points per game, these are the top five. Carlos Rodon, Jacob DeGrom, Garrett Cole, Trevor Bauer, Shane Bieber. So, four pitchers taken in the first 15, 20 picks of your draft. And Carlos Rodon just missed the cut. Danny Duffy, Tyler Glasnow, Aaron Savali, Corbin Burns, and Clayton Kershaw. If you guys want to add anything, let's, let's keep it brief. 30 seconds or less. Go.
1: Uh, th- those guys might <laughs> all be the top five starting pitchers moving forward. Well, I'd bet against Rodon. I think the innings are going to be an issue later on. Oh, uh, okay. I'm
2: looking at something different. Yeah. Okay. Because for me, it's Cole, Bauer, Bieber, Glasnow, DeGrom. For starting, that might actually be. For starting
0: pitchers, I went fantasy points for game, Chris.
2: Oh, uh, okay, okay. Okay.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. I that makes I sense. I was, was going to say, yeah, just one start can make such a big difference, especially this time of year. And Rodon's only made four starts. Yeah. So okay. That makes sense.
0: And I I didn't include Alex
2: Wood because he's only made three and that seems cheap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think Rodon's gonna keep doing what he's doing. Uh it's been awesome to see. I, I love seeing a guy who's had who's gone through through so much, but you know, you take out the uh you take out the no hitter and he's averaging right around five innings per start, I would guess. And that's five innings per start with a manager who can't keep track of how many runs are or outs are in an inning and leaves his guys in way too long. So, yeah, like I think Rodon, he's in like the thirty range right now, uh, but it's tough to get past that. Uh, and maybe he's a little lower. Mercy! Uh, you went yeah. way over our thirty second time limit well, here, Chris. You know what? You just kept letting me talk, so well, that's on you. I- You're the ref in this game. You gotta you gotta move the clock forward, man. You can't let some Some idiot rant and rave and linger. Keep going, Chris. Anything else?
0: (laughs) 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 At at Relief Pitcher, Mark Melanson is number one. He leads baseball with now 10 saves. He just picked up another one for the Padres. Freddie Peralta has been great. He's number two. Josh Hader is third. Matt Barnes is fourth. And Alex Reyes is fifth. I am not going to let you guys talk about Relief Pitcher because there are a few other things that I want to talk about, like Tyler Anderson, who had a no-hitter through six. He wound up going... Six and two-thirds against the Padres. Two runs, three walks, five strikeouts. On the season, Tyler Anderson has a 3.24 ERA and a 1.14 whip. He has been very serviceable. Only 26% rostered. Are we excited about Tyler Anderson?
1: So there may be something there. The whiff rate is way up this year. Interestingly, the strikeout rate is not so much. JT Brubaker and Tyler Anderson, both. Are, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious about both of them. Brubaker really stands out for the ground ball rate, but it's just not... Neither of them has done anything quite impressive enough for me to move to the point of picking them up.
2: Yeah, and like, Anderson's pitch mix isn't really that different from what he's done in the past. He's throwing his cutter a lot more now, but he threw his cutter a lot more in 2018. Um, you know, about the same rate, so... I think he can be you know, a league average starter moving forward, maybe. Yeah,
0: I don't think you need to get Tyler Anderson on 12-team leagues, but I do think he's someone you can get in anything deeper than 12s. So I have him on a few 15-team category leagues. Again, the name there. Tyler Anderson, he's pitching well. If you want to pick him up, you got to drop somebody. Can you drop Stephen Matz? Chris, is he falling apart? He was at Oakland on Monday. Five runs and in five innings. He did have six strikeouts. He has now allowed 14 earned runs over his last three starts. The ERA is 4.78.
2: Yeah, you could drop him.
0: Steven Matz, you can drop him. What about Scott Adam Wainwright in his return from the COVID IL? Five and two thirds, five runs. He has been very inconsistent. Four plus runs in three starts, two earned runs or less in the other three. Somehow he's 84% rostered on
1: CBS. Yeah, it's been that way kind of from the start of the year. I think it's just because he was so good last year. Sure, sure, he's he's expendable. I think even in leagues shallow enough where he's being dropped, though, there will be times when you pick him up just to stream him.
0: Anything to see here from these deeper names from Monday? Josh Naylor, two hits. He hit his first home run of the season. He has eight hits over his last six games. 7% rostered. Anything to see?
1: I need to see more than just that. All right. I think I'm very skeptical of him.
0: Uh Steven P- Piscotty had two hits on Monday including his third home run. Anything to see?
2: Not really. No, he's he's established enough that, you know, we kind of know what he is.
0: Vince Velasquez, guys, I mean, come on. This is a just fantastic start. 6 innings, one run, 6 strikeouts.
1: <laughs> no, not <laughs> Nothing not not really anything that stands out other than the fact that he, he made he made it six innings without there being a disaster. Good for him. It it happens sometimes. He will yeah, he'll do this five or six times a year. <laughs> yeah.
0: Sounds about right. Uh last name wanted to mention was Dean Kramer. Six innings, one run, four strikeouts against the Mariners. But the Mariners are very hot and cold. I feel like you can you can stream guys against
1: them.
2: Yeah, they're not a particularly great lineup.
1: Yeah, I don't see a lot here with Kramer. His curveball's supposed to be good, and that's that's what they keep saying. But even in his good starts, it's not like, wow, look at what the curveball did. Some bullpen stuff. Hector Naris picked up his sixth save of the season. He recorded
0: five outs. Taylor Rogers gave up a two-run homer to Joey Gallo, but recorded his sixth save. Uh, second save, rather. Emmanuel Class A got his sixth save for, the, for Cleveland. And Alex Reyes, he did walk two. He is not allowed to run all season. Got his eighth save for the Cardinals. Some team name Tuesday. These are from Samuel. You say goodbye. I say Kikuchi. Yeah. No doubts. Gwen Disclafani. that's really good that's that's very good
2: (laughs) screw you and the horse you rode on on Uh, well wouldn't it just be screw you and the horse you rode on isn't that better
0: yeah i guess rode it on
2: although like you know (laughs) like i know you is like the easiest name in baseball to do a pun with i really you know i like that one (laughs) it's pretty funny but yeah that's pretty good it's not it's not as good as no doubt's Gwendesclafani, but still pretty good. <laughs> from Andy, a team has Enoa name. We might have done that one already.
0: Uh, from Michael, That's your it. your mean one. Mr. Grinch. Yep. Hmm. <laughs> from Terry, here I go
2: again on my own.
0: Yep, 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 yep. White snake. That's a name. <laughs> from Mark, these are Counting Crows team names specifically for Chris. A wong <laughs> December.
2: Accidentally
0: in glove. Yep. Big Luplo taxi.
2: Yep. yep. Those are, those are all counting songs. Uh, Cole or blind. Oof. yep. Yep. Oof. I, you know, I, I think there, <laughs> there's probably more potential with, uh, you know, I'll try to think of some, you
1: know, a, there's,
2: there's so many mound more. mound here. I mean, you're,
0: I, I don't know anything. Songs. I don't know anything about Counting Crows except for uh, what is it, Mr. Jones? I guess. Great song. It's a great song. Uh, a few other I'll mention here from Billy: No Latorious Biggio. Yep. The Sixto Friend Million Dollar Men. Yep.
2: You be Ryu, I'll be's me. Sure. <laughs> to stream or not to stream for Tuesday? Choose three. <laughs> Wait, I actually did think of a, a Counting Crows one. It's technically a Wallflowers one featuring the lead singer of the Counting Crows, but Sixto Avenue Heartache. That's... You guys don't know that one. Great song.
0: I'm sure there are people listening at the the 108 mark that (laughs) (laughs) love it, (laughs) but uh, I appreciate it, Chris. Uh, To stream or not to stream for Tuesday, got quite a few names here. Cease at the Reds, Pavetta versus the Tigers, Adbert Alsly versus the Dodgers, Kyle Gibson at the Twins, J-Hap versus Texas, Mike Miner versus Cleveland. Alex Wood at the Rockies. Shane McClanahan at the Angels. Three.
2: Man.
1: I can't remember who I said yesterday. Do you remember who I said? I think I said Gibson and... I think you said
0: Gibson, Pavetta, and
2: Alex Wood. Yeah. I think I would go Cease, Pavetta, and McClanahan.
0: All righty. How about for Wednesday? John Gray versus San Francisco. Luke Weaver at the Marlins. Martin Perez versus the Tigers. Brady Singer versus Cleveland. Luis Garcia at the Yankees. Robbie Ray at
2: Oakland. Weaver, uh, Ray, and
1: Singer. This is not very good. I will go I will go. Ray, Luis Garcia, mm. and Singer. All righty.
0: There you have it. For Scott and Chris, I'm Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball today. We'll be back again tomorrow. Bye-bye.